Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Forgotten Flicks Remembers. I am your host, Joel. This is a continuation of episode two, which was the Forgotten Flicks Remembers brainstorm episode. In this segment, Gamma Dev and I discuss a couple of uh, interesting ideas. Specifically, we talk about CGI and the Star Wars prequels. But that's interesting because I did not have an aneurysm during said discussion. He also talks about whether or not digital video has finally replaced film as the better of the two formats. If it's finally technologically so advanced that you can't tell the difference. So he and I get into that discussion a little bit. And also we talk very briefly about a note that Gamma wrote to one Mr. Roger Ebert. Mr. Roger Ebert, some years ago, in regards to Mr. Ebert's own take on digital technology and film making. So we got all that stuff. It's episodes about 10 minutes long or so, and it was a segment that I took out of the main show. So if you want to go back and catch that, that is the Forgotten Flicks Remembers Brainstorm 1983 episode. And I hope everyone's having a a good time and enjoying this. I hope to get more content out as the weeks move on. Oh, and before I forget, I did want to mention that as I'm recording this, it's March 31st, 2015. And on April 12th, which is a Sunday, I'm going to be attending the Orlando Megacon. So if you are in the Orlando area and plan on attending that, shoot me an email, forgottenflix at gmail.com. I'd love to meet up with some listeners. I did that in the past. Jason and I met a couple of listeners. We met Shannon and, and a couple others, and it was awesome. It's a cool experience. So if you're going to be in the Orlando area, attending Megacon specifically on April 12th, 2015, shoot me an email, let me know, and uh, love to meet up with you. And don't forget, next week is our License to Drive episode. It's a bit of an experiment. Had four other guests on with me at different times and edited their responses together. Unfortunately, I had to leave a whole lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. It would have been a four-hour episode. That being said, I hope everyone enjoys it. But until then, until next week, remember, Forgotten Flicks is where we're talking about the movies you grew up with. Have you seen the the movie The Kingsman? I it yep. is on my short list. I actually really okay, want to see I, it. I won't say anymore, but I think you'll be surprised with how they take uh, that handheld shaky cam mm-hmm. and kind of tone it down a bit and adapt it to okay. something that's both frenetic, yeah. but then also has the I can actually tell what the heck is going on. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. I don't want to spoil anymore okay. if you haven't seen it. But, and and, uh, and, and here's look, for, th- look forward to it. <laughs> I like to at least delude myself into thinking I have an open enough mind that when you can take something and like you just said, they can bring, you know, maybe drop it down a notch, remodify it, and actually really use it to enhance the storytelling. I'm fine with that. I feel that as much as I've poo pooed CGI versus practical, the truth of the matter is, CGI can be amazing. It can do amazing things. And I'm not, you know, I, I just, I feel I like balance. Uh, the, I didn't even realize that in the uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven teaser that came out, which I'm assuming you've seen the teaser for it. Yes. The, the little robot there at the beginning. I just assumed that was CGI. And nope. I'm guessing it's not because everybody's saying it's not. And it's like, holy yeah. crap. <laughs> now I'm assuming the Millennium Falcon and that little part at the end is. But so what? I don't that it looks good. That doesn't bother me. I just it's a balancing. It's so, like, what were you going to say? 
Well, it's like, I think nowadays everybody's default position is just to assume it's CGI. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's actually shocking when it turns out not to be. Like, yeah. uh, you, you know, the film that has the most model shots in history, I believe, is uh, episode one. Really? Yes, because everything on, about the shiny Naboo spaceships. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait one second, know, Gamma. I hold on, I'm, 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 I'm cutting open the crow because i got to take a really big piece of this to eat. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, it's like... Um, with the exception of like the shiny Naboo ships, yes. like uh, most of that stuff is actual physical models. Even the, like the pod race, like the stands, those are actual physical stands they build with little Q-tips dipped in uh, colored paints to simulate a crowd moving around. Or the Theed City, that's a, that's a huge model with their dumping salt over the side to simulate the uh, the water and everything. So uh, people assume, you know, uh, it's <laughs> that they, they totally got, yeah, but like, Trumbull, he said, it's like, people say, oh, now it's fake. He's like, it was always fake. It was fake back in 1900 when sure. George Melies no, did fair. it. And that's fair. I think what it is for me, I like the magic aspect in that I want, I don't know how they've pulled off the trick. And I, I like maybe trying to figure it out, but I, I can't. I, I Whereas now when my kids say, well, how did they do that, dad? Computer. And it's like, right. and I don't, I'm not poo-pooing the art and the craft involved in that. Right. I just, I feel as if like, oh, computer. There's nothing right. magical to that. But, and, but how the hell they pull that little robot off? I got no freaking idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess it involves magnets or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's magical, right? So it's kind yeah. but of, I mean, but I mean, it just has that like, you know, it's like a good magic trick. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I know it's not actual sorcery, but, but I, but I <laughs> yeah. like that I'm, I'm pleasantly confused and surprised and I don't really know how you pulled that off. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, Douglas Trumbull, like he, he loves computers because, you know, uh, close encounters would have been possible without it because the only way they could do optical effects is because they're controlled by a computer to get the same camera movement mm-hmm. over and over again, precisely. So, yeah. And I'm of the school of thought that as a tool, I have no problem because I mean, going back to the original star Wars, obviously you had the motion controlled cameras for that. So that was right. where computer, enhanced shots if you want to get right down to it i think where i the school of thought i fall into is when it becomes a crutch when it becomes the only way you do things when it becomes the only color of paint you're willing to use in the entire palette that's when i start to get a little especially when on top of everything else it isn't that good and you just force it (laughs) i'd rather you just show me nothing and let me use my imagination and come up with some really great sound effects than show me a really crappy cgi fill in the blank whatever it's supposed to be so right you know if it's good cgi i couldn't care less i mean it's i i just i mean jurassic bark has great it's it's a good mix right and it's got it's still even some of the cgi looks great well as uh as ilm used to say at their old uh, sig graph that said if it's what you don't see that makes an effect special because mm. 98% of CG you don't notice. Yeah. You notice because it's a dinosaur. It's like, well, they didn't get a real dinosaur. obviously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's obviously they did that with CG, but most of the CG you see in films nowadays, you don't see because it's stuff like, Oh, there was a big old uh, smoldering uh, pile of burning tires over here when mm-hmm. we shot this. So yeah. we had to get rid of that, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and I'm, and again, totally fine with it. Or being Arnold used. blinked during the take. So we had to you know, yeah. fix his acting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's enough CGI in the world for that, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel as if I'd be coming. It's odd. You think the older one gets the more curmudgeonly one would get about things that are of a nostalgic nature, but even I tend to be one of those people that gets very pissy about remakes, but I, I come back on the school of thought. Well, wait a minute. If you can do it in such a way that you tell a story and it's interesting and 
entertaining and you're not completely and utterly crapping all over the original, then I'll give it a chance. Even the, like yeah. the Poltergeist. I don't know if you saw the Poltergeist trailer yet. Oh yeah, I thought I, it looked great. I, I thought it did too. I actually almost dropped my damn phone when that uh, okay, spoiler alert for the trailer if you haven't seen it, but tough. The clown thing, I'm good lord. <laughs> How can you make that clown creepier? Well, they did. Oh my god. Pretty sure that was CGI too, by the way. <laughs> uh, probably. Or at least CG manipulated. But yeah. yeah. But but and it's funny you bring up Phantom Menace because of all the Star Wars movies, I know that tent it seems to be the one that people hate on the most because it's the most kid pandering, I guess you could say, you know, what with the future Darth Vader going, Yippee! and Misa think people gonna die stuff like yeah. that yeah i mean it's it stars a kid and are we are we shocked that this that this ego maniacal little kid grew up to be darth vader really no, really not at all well especially <laughs> after seeing him in those smuckers uh, jelly commercials wow that's really <laughs> sad that i remembered that uh so and jingle all the way with and yes, Sp- yes. Well, Schwarzenegger, schwarzenegger's son i mean come on if he wasn't gonna grow up to be darth vader who would be yeah, really come on so ultimately though that one that that of all the of the prequels it's always been my favorite visually and i couldn't ever figure out why because and i always attributed it to two things one of them not really visual but they enhanced the visuals which was the duel of the fates element of the score that williams that was where it started and i love that i think it's tremendous and it's it it's on par with you know the imperial march or anything else in the star wars canon as far as i'm concerned but that final lightsaber duel with Darth Maul was with that music felt, even though again, little hint of irony in this, cause I'm pretty sure that was shot a lot green screen, right? Because of the setting yes. they were in, that was actually not real world, but that whole sequence played out in such a way that I just loved that. But visually I, there was something about that movie that to me looked so different from two and three. Well, it was well, the only one be- shot on film. Uh, that actually, I think the one I think the one segment you like in that movie was not shot in film, which is Duel that, of Fates. Yeah, th- uh, well, that's what I mean. That's why I said that's a little irony for you. That I'm pretty sure that was the whole green screen. And yeah, if it was shot on whatever element of video right. they were using, but but wasn't it? That was the only one though that the majority of the movie was actually still shot. Yes, that was. Um, although Douglas Trumbull has already said, I can convince Chris Nolan to give up film. Really? Because because he says even IMAX can't beat what you can now do with a with a 4K camera. And see, here I go back to, if I can't tell the darn difference, I don't care. Right. I mean, I, it's, I just don't like it when, uh, to quote the great Judge Judy Scheinland, don't, <laughs> don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, okay? Right. And, and I remember, and it's usually night sequences, right? When high def video, and it was, it was probably even before the red camera and everything was coming into play, but Michael Mann's uh, Collateral, which I thought was a good movie, I liked it. But right. I remember that was sort of a big deal that he shot it video. Right. And, and, and it was, a lot of it was at night. And I'm watching it on the big screen going, I, I can tell this is video. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it distracted me. I'm like, I like this movie, but this is distracting. I can tell this is video. Right. Yeah. And of course, it's, you know, the technology has gotten much better. But sure. You know, people, but a lot of people will use the argument, well, it looks like, you know, digital will never surpass film. Hate to break you, it has. Yeah. Um, because... You know, that was the worst that technology was ever going to look. Mm-hmm. I know Roger Ebert railed against digital projection, digital thing, and that he's a great guy and all, but he, his idea of tech was, he he didn't understand tech. He once said, you know, oh, the, the PlayStation 2 can do over 5 million calculations a second. I, I wrote him a little note saying, it's like, you, you sound exactly like Dr. Evil. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to hold the world ransom ca- for one, one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> how, so, how, how many calculations does it actually do? 
he's off by a B. Um, oh, wow. so that was, and that was in that era. So it's like, yeah, they've been doing 5 million since the era of like the Atari 2600. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but cause his argument was, oh, they shouldn't do digital projection because they'd done, the, they'd done the Phantom Menace with digital projection. He said, you know, oh, well, future films aren't going to get as fine a treatment as this and it's going to be too expensive and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, cause technology gets more expensive and worse as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's totally how it works. Yeah. So, well, and, and and that's the other thing is that because I remember when you would be, I remember some of the essays you wrote about that, and ultimately now we're at a place where that's the only option. I mean, I'm sure there's still a few theaters out so, there using xenon bulbs, but yeah, oh, I don't think so because my hometown back in Iowa has switched over all digital. And it's our like, drive-in, they, they, we, we they would a, be the last holdouts ever if there we was have a, a <laughs> we have a sixty something year old drive-in. They sh- they project digitally now. Of course, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And don't forget our awesome Facebook group. And if you want to leave feedback for the show, you can just email an MP3 recording to ForgottenFlicks at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and have you contribute to future episodes of Forgotten Flicks. So swing on by ForgottenFlicks.com where we've got great retro reviews, articles, games, Tons of past podcast episodes and interviews and more. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Hey, hey, give me that microphone, you. Oh, yeah. I have to just tell you one more thing. Special thanks to JV of your secret identity. Check out Killer Rock Music at yoursecretidentity.com. Oh, yeah. I know I'm screaming all this, but JV sent it all in caps, so I guess I have to scream it then, brother. Yeah.